Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. I'm Paul Winkler talking the world of money and investing. And feels like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood today because we had Ira Work popping and now we have Chad Henson popping in. <laughs> Mr. Rogers always had the guys that people from the neighborhood would just pop in on them and that was what the show was. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I was Because I didn't really watch. I didn't really watch it a lot either. And I was little. Wasn't so. it on like PBS or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was that? on PBS. I See, there was a family in the neighborhood that they would watch it all the time and they watched Sesame Street. And the only time I ever saw any of that kind of stuff was when I was at their house. Right. Dad was a doc and mom was a stay-at-home mom and they had three, you know, kids and, and they, you know, they would religiously watch that stuff. So I kind of got a little bit of it, but you know. Yeah, I never watched a lot of it either. So Good wholesome stuff. But anyway, <laughs> Chad, Chad's popping in in the neighborhood. So uh, what are we going to talk about, man? Whatever you want to talk about now. Oh, no, don't do that to me. So right. I thought one thing that we could uh, hit <laughs> I was, is... I was picking on Matt Murphy this week, and I and uh, we were just joking around about he, I, he had the show where he had no prep whatsoever. <laughs> and I said, I relate to that, man. Now, we, we always have stuff to talk about, but uh, anyway, yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the hot topics right now is what's going on with markets you know we had the big run-up at the end of why what's going on with markets yeah I don't anything know. going you on know, with do, markets do you watch it every day i don't watch it every day but <laughs> no it's our job to kind of keep up with it so that you know when a client calls we do it so you don't ask have a question to. <laughs> we don't you know look like we have no idea what's going on yeah, but very true <laughs> <laughs> but you know 2023 you know it started off great then kind of leveled out and then finished with a boom and then so far this year in 24 you know it's kind of been it's been you know a downward trend you know just kind of hearing you know some rumblings and everything which i think you do a lot of times the first of the year every year so yeah you'll get back and forth you know what we ought to do now that you're mentioning you're you decided to start talking about the market why don't we just take, there was a question that came in. Okay. And if you've got a question, you can always ask paulwinkler.com forward slash question, or you go to the website, the radio show section, and you can actually ask questions there and we can handle it here on the show. But the question that came in from Stan was, um, I said, enjoyed your topics about Roth conversions. Want to see what you think about this one. In, uh, one of the shows you commented about how it doesn't seem to matter who gets elected that our investments still have gone up in value. I'm thinking the reason may be because the huge spending bills that get passed when Democrats get elected. Biden passed huge spending bills and so did Obama. And you also had a point about how the government could get road taxes with electric cars. I think the government will mandate the car report how many miles. Okay, so let's just we'll, I'll, I'll do let's do that one second. This is a totally section, totally separate question actually. <laughs> the first one: markets going up under Democrats. What's your answer? And I'll and I'll throw my stuff in, Chad. It, you know, it really doesn't matter. 
I mean, when you look at it historically, whether it's Republican, uh, Republican president or Democratic president, uh, I think the what is it? The vast majority, maybe with the exception of one president that the market finished higher after four years than I, it I think started. That is, that is uh, yeah, there are, have not been many entire presidencies where markets did not go higher. You know, you look back at Hoover. And uh, Hoover, you know, boy, took it on the chin in the 1930s with the Great Depression. Yeah, there wasn't anything he could do about that. And that was a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But, um, you know, you look throughout history and certainly, you know, our lives may change, you know, independently or as, you know, as a whole, you know, the things that we deal with and all. But, you know, I try to separate it and look at, you know, markets are made up of companies, you know, and companies have one purpose out there and, you know, Believe it or not, it's not to make the next best thing that you can't live without. It's to make a profit, you know, and if you can't. And that's how they make the profit is making the next best thing that you can't live without. But, you know, yeah, generally to make a profit. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the number one job of a CEO is to be profitable for the shareholders. Okay, so why the why the perception that markets will go down under Democrats? Well, typically the reason is that increased regulation is the concern. And anytime you increase regulation, you will increase a bottom line expense of the company. And that bottom line expense would be abiding by the new regulation that is going to be coming out, right? Sure. The second reason being the possibility of increased taxes. Let's go back to the first one. When you increase regulation and you have actually, you, you not only impose that new regulation on the corporations, but you also impose it on the public. That actually creates an opportunity for the company to make more money. Why? Because when catalytic converters were something that everybody had to have, <laughs> what did you have to eventually do? You had to eventually abide by the emission laws and have a catalytic converter. <laughs> Exactly. You had to buy a vehicle with a catalytic converter in it. When you have new regulations that make you do certain things, then those companies are going to have to come out with new products because the old products are no longer, and they may be even forced on you by sunsetting of that product altogether. Yeah, it wasn't even just the, talking about the catalytic converters, it wasn't G, you know just GM, Ford, you know, Chrysler, whoever making the car that that benefited from that. Uh, it also opened up opportunities for other companies. Who's going to make the catalytic converter? GM didn't make it. You know, mm. some company, some supplier made it for them. Right. Now, I am holding up in front of my microphone right here something that I use an awful lot and I'm sure a lot of you use. It happens to be an Apple iPhone. Okay. <laughs> Now, what is it about the Apple iPhone that has changed in the most recent iteration? And the answer would be how you charge it. It has a USB-C. Now, who was it that forced Apple to adopt the USB-C as the way of charging and the way of getting data off of the phone? It was none other than a foreign government. It wasn't even the U.S. government. So, therefore, what happened is a government regulation actually created an opportunity for me to have to buy all new USB-C cords <laughs> and all this, these adapters for all kinds of things. I gotta, it makes me crazy, but I got to buy them, right? Yeah. Now you have a drawer full of lightning cords that aren't 
useful at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we look at that and we go, oh yeah, they could force that. Uh, so, you know, n new technology, uh, you know, taxation, uh, you know, it may be that a company says, hey, you know, there are new taxation, but then they will find ways around it. And a lot of times they, they end up pushing that off to somebody else. And then, you know, what happens is then when they push that taxation off, and all of a sudden, now you have inflation and costs going up for other consumers that can actually increase the sales of companies because of inflation. And then you might have a situation where, oh, you know, you think about inflation, you know, how the effects can be now hyperinflation nobody likes. But if you have some inflation, then the sales costs go up and then the revenue goes up from that but the company's not really paying the taxes the end person is paying those taxes and then you can have a situation where more money is flowing in and people have to buy things and that creates more demand for products and then it creates more sales revenue because inflation is something that you know if we look at it what do as i always say why do equities why do stocks protect us from inflation so what's inflation prices going up who's raising prices companies so you can have an that's another reason if it is in a more inflationary regime let's say then all of a sudden there's more money floating around for one reason or another. Maybe it could be because of an increase in money supply and increase in debt. Now, in this particular email, I'm just I'm thinking aloud through this because he's talking about how they actually printed more money and increasing the amount of money supply. And because they've printed more money and they have huge spending bills and, and there's more money supply, then that ha that tends to be inflationary but that's not just democrats either because you know you look at congress as well even during reagan you had an increase huge increases in spending sure but that was you know we had to go and and make sure we built up our military is what they did uh, so you can have the companies that actually provide these products to the government under democrats or republican uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of thinking out through that and they both benefited from that. Um, let's say that you have a, uh, a substitution effect that takes place. I'm thinking of another thing that could happen. A substitution effect would be you, you're typically buying this one product, but because of inflation, you can't afford that product anymore. And if you're a really well diversified investor, you may have stocks in your portfolio in smaller companies or less well known companies producing the substituting products that actually go up in value significantly. Right. Yeah. You know, that's a possibility. Definitely. Uh, there is, of course, expenses. I mean, you know, what, have, what, what do companies do to reduce expenses? Well, the things? number one thing people think of always, and what we've been hearing a lot in the news in 23 and the start of 24 is laying, up, laying off, you know, layoffs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, read an article here that was from Morning Brew, but it's the first 14 days into the new year, 46, com 46 tech companies have had layoffs totaling 7,500 people. And so, you know, we're 14 days in and the layoffs are continuing. You know, a lot of people look at that as, you know, well, that's a bad sign for the economy. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. You know, a lot of companies are restructuring. But, you know, if you're an investor and a long-term investor, it, it's 
the company is restructuring. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get their earnings back up, you know, because there's a big investment company that just went through that sh- oh, that shall yeah. remain nameless yeah. and actually had a huge reduction in business. And what are they doing? They're laying off a large number of people. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what they do. Yeah. It's no different than if you owned a business yourself and you weren't making money at it, you know, you've got, how do you, how do you make money? One, you either increase your sales or two, you cut your cost. Your purpose as a company is not to provide jobs. Your, perver- your purpose is to provide an income. Uh, you know, another one that, it, that gives me, uh, you know, if you look at, let's say, a change in political leadership, and then all of a sudden you have Exxon, who becomes out of, who ends up out of favor to some extent because of this push forward toward electric vehicles, a different industry starts to develop as a result of it. Because they're forcing people into owning things, well, we can make an argument that a lot of people don't feel like owning. You know, right. There, there is uh, some some issue with that. But when you run a company like like Exxon, what did Exxon basically do when a new administration came in that was not as friendly to them? They stopped putting money into exploration. Yeah, that's another thing that you're seeing a lot of this year. And predictions, which we don't get into predictions, but predictions for 2024, you know, are that some of the R&D development is going to uh, increase and some of the existing, Mm -hmm. yeah, some of the existing products may be more limited. Nike, for example, they're doing a full restructure. They're cutting $2 billion in the next three years. Only $460 of that is layoffs. So you've got mm-hmm. $1.5 billion that they're doing in restructuring the business. So we look at that restructuring, the R&D, and they're, they're putting money into, in, in some areas, they're putting it into research and development for future right. business that they're going to And then they're, they're streamlining then, other areas of their business. And the tax advantages that have been just been being talked about as, sure. as far as accelerating that that could be something that either party could do based on just going we got to get something going for this next election we got to give some reason for somebody to reelect us so a lot of times in the very <laughs> last year before an election you'll see politicians going to high gear trying to do things that are favorable to corporations right if we look at the exxon mobile I pulled up an article right here. It says ExxonMobil cuts billions in capital spending as oil and gas prices remain low. Now, that can be one of the reasons the prices are low, so they basically go, we're not going to spend any money, or because maybe that there is some restriction in using these types of products. But either way, the company is was looking at removing gas projects from its plans in Appalachia, uh, in the Rocky Mountains, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Canada, and Argentina. So they're cutting spending, they're slashing, as they say, capital expenditures between $16 billion and $19 billion. And that's down significantly from what it was in 2020. So this is something a company will do to get back to profitability. They're going to do whatever they've got to do to become profitable. And, you know, when we have new regimes that come in, Republican, Democrat, another thing that I've talked about before is this issue of do you as an investor, and it probably bears repeating, do you as an investor perceive that there's more risk to your money when there is somebody that is hands-off, letting companies do what they want to do, or when they are more hands-on trying to control companies? Which one seems to be more risky? 
I think it really depends on what party you lie with. You know, where where your where your focus is, what your belief system is and everything. I think that's where a lot of the risk, you know, the perceived risk comes from. Now from a logical standpoint, you if know, you're a pure capitalist. If you're a pure capitalist, less regulation, obviously. There you go. Thank you. So you look at that and you go less regulation, lower taxes. That means, or if there's a possibility that more regulation could come, that could be for me as a company, a greater risk out there. And as an investor, being a logical person, what would you do if, or in the face of that increased level of risk, you would say, I need more return. Return, yeah. Well, what happens is you need more return and then prices go down in anticipation that that level of risk could increase. Then when the political party is in power, then all of a sudden that is when stock prices go up because if you, you know, historically, if we look at this, we go, okay, the return has been higher when there is more perceived risk. And this goes back a couple thousand years, and maybe not a bad idea for me to just bring this back up, but the Venetian Prestiti, which was a bond that we actually have data going back 2,000 years. And what we know is that at the height of the Roman Empire, when people felt the most secure, that is when the Venetian Prestiti, the return, was its lowest. When people felt less secure, the return was actually increased. Why? because investors demand more return when there's more risk. So there, there are a lot of moving pieces to this. I mean, we didn't even exhaust it here, but there are a lot of reasons. You know, We can look at it and go, okay, the new regulations force us to come out with new products. Well, now we get to new, sell new stuff to you. The old stuff doesn't work anymore, or the old stuff is going to be, and, and you know, a lot of times what I've seen, it's funny because they come out with new stuff and they go, oh, well, we can't use the old technology. And they come out with new stuff. It's actually pretty good. Right. Yeah. Because companies are pretty innovative and people are pretty innovative. You know, people run by uh, companies run by people. They, they come out with things that end up being pretty doggone good. And, you know, they stumble around a little bit. You know, you'll have situations where you move to a new technology. And for a while, you know, there was... Um, their, their technology is not necessarily terribly useful, but then somebody brings in another element and it all of a sudden works. Sure. An example right now going on is like the VR headsets. You okay. Know. So, me. you know, well, you know, they, they're very expensive, uh, you know, and what practical purpose do they have? Uh, but they, the, the technology is there. Sometimes the usefulness of a technology takes a while to catch up. Oh, How can you really incorporate it into your everyday life? That's a really good point. You know, because it's like Bill Gates comes out with a computer and his mom goes, Bill, why would anybody need a computer in their living room? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good example. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can 
get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. So virtual reality headsets, what use might they have? There's a lot of people that can't afford to go on vacations. Can you be on vacation in some place like in Switzerland without having to? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the amazing thing about them is the the immersiveness of it. I mean, it's, you know, unlike watching a television, you know, with a 70 inch screen, you know. (laughs) I'm just thinking, is it really going to be that good? Okay, I don't know. know, Well, you know, I don't know either, but. You'd be at the Super Bowl. You're the no. <laughs> I, I don't know that it'll replace that, but that, that can't know. be the same. <laughs> that can't be the same. Yeah, it's to me that's uh, that's interesting. Just where, but you know, where technology. does where does that technology lead to? Does it lead to you know, not only for an entertainment purpose, purpose but on a business or corporate perspective? You know, is it easier to multitask? you know, items and things, you know, while you know, who knows what the concepts will be, you know, that that this can bring about. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to, to see where that, because I, I really don't know much about it yet. I've seen some of the commercials like anybody else, uh, but um, boy, it could be interesting. Uh, could you point out how, Stan asked this, how the government would get road taxes with electri- electric cars? Think the government will mandate that the car report how many miles you drive or you're taxed by the mile. Um, there was something, wasn't there some kind of a bill and it was the registration mm-hmm. yeah, of the, of the vehicle? So. Wasn't it something like that, that they, you know, when you register an electric car, that there was a higher registration charge to pay for, right. because you typically get a lot of the road improvements and fix-ups through your gas prices. Yeah, the gas taxes. And you got to somehow do that. Because I remember bringing it up one day. And then literally, lo and behold, it was a day later or two days later, something like that, an article showed up. And it was exactly what I had said on the radio, was that they're going to actually impose a tax for electric vehicles. I mean, you can make the argument that, you know, the gas tax is unfair because, you know, I drive a pickup truck. Yes. 20 miles to a gallon. Somebody else is driving a small car, you know, that gets 36 miles to a gallon. And so they're paying less into the road maintenance than I am. Right. Yeah, and, and it is. It, it isn't fair. Yeah. So yeah, it, So I just found a, a legislation raises the cost to register and renew tags for electric vehicles from $100 to $200 from 2024 to 2025. Then it increases them to $274 by 2026. So, yeah, that was Tennessee TDOT that actually talked about that. So that's one thing. Now, the number of miles that you drive, because you think about it, he's right. When you're buying gas, you pay more in taxes than that person that is driving fewer miles. Uh, do they impose, do they actually take your vehicle mileage? 
and start to, I don't really get because I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. And I said, we were talking about the disposable nature of cars. Because <laughs> 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 like, China has, you had China has these cars and they're selling it for a song and the dance. And I said, well, shoot, the battery for the car is $20,000. It right. was like twenty six, twenty seven thousand yeah. $27,000 for the whole car. <laughs> and I said, it's just going to be like disposable cars. And, you know, it's like, well, you. Do you remember a car called the Yugo in the 80s? That was pretty much a disposable car. That was a disposable car. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to be caught in a traffic accident in one of those things. Oh, no, no. Not that you want to be caught in a traffic accident anyway, but right. that'd be even worse. Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be, I, I guess the other possibility is because the, you know, the, you know, the, the charging that's one of the thing is is there some place at the charging station that you could actually have, you know? For, yeah, I mean, at charging much- stations, uh, you certainly could, uh, but how would you regulate it? You know, as a, in a residential setting, I mean, I guess you could add a tax onto the installation of you know a charging unit at your home or the sale of a charging oh, unit for your home. Oh, you know that reminds me of that's really interesting, Chad, because it reminds me of impact fees when you build a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know right. how you you have that, so they charge that. That's a really that's a possibility, certainly, right there. You know, I, it's just um, I th- I think that the creativity of our politicians and and people, you know, lawmakers, at least when it comes to money, when it comes to, when it comes <laughs> to ways to tax us, you got it. <laughs> I think it's endless. You know, so I think I think I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure it out. <laughs> we may not like it, but they'll figure it out. <laughs> Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.